listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Welcome to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler in for this Saturday. Coming up, we'll review the Storm's statement win over the Eels and what it means for the finals race. And Latrell Mitchell is back and firing. But can the Rabbitohs win the Premiership from outside the top four? That and plenty more on the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. Welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. My name is Tony Squires and I'm joined on this Saturday by Ryan Girdler. Girds, how are you going, bud? Hey, Tony. Yeah, really well. Nice to be back. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You're a polite that's, man, aren't you? That's you, good. You, you, yeah, I parents taught you your manners, didn't they? I do my best. Mm, I wish I could get my 13-year-old son to have manners like that. Is he not a please and thank you kind of kid? Oh, no. He's a, yeah, bloody Just keep what, smacking him, Tony. Just Give keep me. smacking him. He'll well, get there. No, 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 no. I won't keep smacking him. Because no, he smacks you back. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a large unit. He's a large <laughs> unit. There you go. Back in the day, that was a done thing, obviously. Aren't you? Yeah, no, we don't smack our kids, Tone. No. Now, yes. listen to me. I, I saw Paul Gallen during the week uh, at yeah. the SCG. Did you? Yeah, okay. looking very, very fit. He's going to run a marathon. Oh, right. I thought you said he was going to have another fight. <laughs> no, no. I asked him that question. Yeah, I asked him, and he said, "No, he's he's completely done with with fighting. Won't do that." Okay. And then you know, then you say, "Well, if somebody comes and offers you offers you X amount of dollars, do you reconsider?" And we went, mm. "Yeah, of course." You but know, he, he says it. his body is very banged up. I mean, that's after what had yeah. nineteen years of running stupidly fast and do other men running stupidly fast in the opposite direction, and, yeah. and that will do yeah. it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he, but he decided, yeah, well, I'm going to run a marathon. Look, he hasn't got the body for it to me. No, but it's funny. Like, I was sitting up here, did a game um, about two weeks ago with uh, the great Benny Hannett. Mm. Now, Benny, I reckon, at the moment is probably weighing about 125 kegs, wow. uh, not in tip-top condition, but mm. he's going to do the Noosa Triathlon, which I think is in November. Yes. And then, and I said, oh, and what can you strip down to? And he said, well, have a look Underpants. at this. And he showed me, he showed me that um, the time that he prepared for a marathon, it might have been three or four years ago, he got down to 85 kilos, Tony. He what? looked like a different human being. Like incredible the amount of weight that he yeah. lost and the capacity to, to go on there and run the, what is it, 42K. So, um, yeah, they're the guys that just like a challenge. Well, um, it's not for everyone. He's, they can, they he lost well. a bit, didn't he? Because he was he was one of the two that fought Paul Gallon on that, that you know, yeah, on the same I, night. No, but yeah, he was. But I think that was more recent. The photos that I've seen, ah, okay. on it, he he looked like an Olympic swimmer. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, no waistline at all. Absolutely no belly. Ripped up abs. Like you know, the shoulders, the whole bit. Like he looked like a, a proper athlete. So, um, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm sure Gallon, once he puts his mind to it. Um, yep. He'll have no problems doing what he needs to do mentally. Yeah. I think that's half the battle with a marathon tone, isn't it? I think that's absolutely right. He'll have right. no issues overcoming. Yeah. Well, you, you've got the kind of uh, the body. You should be doing marathons, little, you know, skinny little legs, not a lot yeah, of weight to I carry do, don't around. I? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got that. Um, I, I didn't mind running a little bit of distance when I was younger tone, but, mm. um, yeah, no, I just don't really have any interest in, in running these days. All right. Other better things to do. Of course there are. Uh, like, like watch a lot of footy. Uh, well, let's get to what happened mm. last night. Well, let, let's start with the Storm and the Eels because it was a it's difficult time for the Eels, isn't it? They're, they're hovering around the bottom of the eight, just slipping out now. The Storm coming off uh, probably one of their worst performances last week. Looked yeah. incredibly impressive. Most impressive of all, Jerome Hughes. 
Well, the heavyweights are just, you know, lacing up the gloves. We saw that with Bron- yep. the Broncos, uh, the Rabbits to a lesser degree. But, yeah, the Storm, you never want to go to Melbourne and play them after a loss. They were convincingly beaten the week before yep. by the Knights. Um, and I always thought there was going to be a reaction. I also think, Tone, that, um, you know, Origin's over now and these guys can just, you know, solely focus on the job at hand, which is going to be... Um, you know, putting together some really good performances at the back end of the season because all of those sides that have been there before know that the two points are important, but they also know how important it is to go into the back end of the season, especially the finals, with some momentum and in good form. Yeah. Um, And that's what we've seen from, you know, definitely the Storm and the Broncos over the last couple of days. Yeah, well, Jerome Hughes was great. Harry Grant, uh, a double. He's such a good player, isn't he? Well, you just know when you, te- you, you, you when you're more physical than the opposition, it's going to allow uh, time and space for your dummy half, and he's just the best in the business. Yep. Uh, and so when he was, you know, doing that damage early, you could just see that they were winning those those parts of the game in the middle third. The contact was there. There was quick play of the balls, and that just brings him into the contest. And then on the back of that, you know, when they compress then Parramatta, who have got a few players on the sidelines, to be fair. Um, they compressed up, and then all of a sudden that allowed Luai uh, – sorry, J- J- Jerome. <laughs> Was that um, mid-season trade we'd never so- saw coming? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but that just that just allowed some time and space for the halves. Yep. Um, and you know what, Tone? Like, he, by his standards, um, he, he's had Jerome Hughes I'm talking about. He, mm. He's had a pretty quiet season. Yep. You know, he hasn't, hasn't made a lot of headlines, um, but he was exceptional – last night and Parramatta just didn't know how to handle him. Yep. He, and, and Munster, once he got going as well, great individual try from him as well. Do you, do you have them? And I should have actually congratulated you from a couple of weeks ago, we set the challenge about, you know, where we, where we who's going to finish where. And mm. and you dumped Cronulla, who were then riding high in third, I think. You said they're not okay. going to make the eight. And yeah, they're not out of it yet, the no, Sharkies. But um, yeah, it, it, look, it puts the Eels in a, in a really vulnerable spot, though, yes, doesn't it? it does. Um, you know, two losses in a row against quality opposition. Um, and what's there? I think they've got, what have they got? The, the Dragons, maybe? Yep. The Broncos, the Rooster Panthers. So they're going to... They're going to need – they've got a buy up their sleeve. Yep. Um, so – but they're going to need three wins out of those last four games. Um, so you'd think that they'd be confident, you know, coming up against the Dragons and the Roosters. But the Broncos and the Panthers, they're not going to lie down. Yep. So uh, it's all to do for Parramatta. Yeah. Um, they started well last night. They started that physical game. Their defense was, was huge. They scored the first try. But Melbourne just kept coming at them and, and started to dominate. And that's what it is, Tony, at this time of year, isn't it? Yeah. It's just playing at intensity for a long period of time and doing that week in, week out, and that's exactly what the Storm are conditioning for. So, yeah, unfortunately, they, I think they get Dylan Brown back next week. You know, they really miss Campbell Gillard and they go forward that he provides. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he's really physical defensively. Sean Lane, I think, still out as well. So, yeah, just got to put those pieces back together and make a, a bit of a late charge the Eels, but it's only going to be a bottom bottom four finish toe, not a top four anyway. So yep. um, maybe it's um, maybe it's a little bit too much for the Eels this year. It may well be. All right, well, the most watched calf muscle outside of Sam Kerr's, uh, Latrell Mitchell got onto the field uh, and kind of yeah. showed how much South Sydney did miss this man. He straight into a charismatic kind of player, but yeah. players love being around him, clearly. 160-plus run metres uh, did well. 
Yeah, and how good is it when we take the game to those regional areas? Yeah, like, yeah. and it was at Tamworth, and the amount of people that just would have come to see Latrell. Like, he's that guy. He's, he's got um, the local he, property he puts up bums there on seats. Pardon? Oh, no, it's Tari's. He's got his property, hasn't it? Yeah, so it was good to see him come back in that sort of environment and the joy that and the interaction, you know, while he's kicking and during the game that he has with yeah. the fans is just really good. Love seeing that. So, look, they weren't clinical last night, Tone, by any means, and I thought the Tigers sort of had periods of dominance in that game where I think in the middle of the second half it got back to like 2018. But, um, yeah, then, then it became the Rabbitohs just getting to the end of their sets. It became about... Um, building some pressure and just knowing because they weren't in there that that usual attacking rhythm that we see yeah. of the rabbits, um, but they just gave themselves so many opportunities. I think it was six or seven line dropouts that the Tigers um, um, had to go through in the back half of that game, and it just wore them defensively down. But I thought they stood up, the Tigers. I thought they um, they showed plenty of fight and spirit. Appy was exceptional. Yeah, he's really good in the middle. Um, and, and look, the Rabbits in the end with the class of, of guys like Cam Murray and Cody finally found a bit of rhythm and you spoke about Latrell and what he means to that team, not just with the football tone, but defensively. I mean, they've leaked a hell of a lot of points over the last month or so. Yeah. And his communication and his presence defensively is really important for those guys as well. But, um, they're, they're, you know, they're a fair way away, I think, from their best and, you know, they're going to be at their best if they're going to, you know, compete in the finals, they need to beat their best. So they need to get there pretty quickly. They do. And it, it, as you said, with Parramatta being in the bottom of the eight, if they were to get there, South Sydney, it's still a tough job for them to get into the top four. Can they do something from the bottom? Are they one of those teams that you look over your shoulder and go, ooh? Oh, they're, they're, not, they're not a streaky team, are they? Like, I don't know. If, if South Sydney, you see, like, the Roosters and the Eels and that those sort of teams get on these big streaks. But Parramatta, oh, sorry, um, the Rabbits... I don't know if they're that side. Yeah. So I think they need to um, – they're definitely a side that can beat anyone on their day, but can they do that consistently? And that's what you need to do from the bottom four. And, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think um, – I don't, I don't think they can get it done if they don't make the top four, no. Alex Johnston is just such a consistent performer, isn't he? A 12th career hat-trick. Pretty amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And some of those tries last night, I mean, yeah, he just he – just, just, he honestly gets better – um, with age, that guy, he's yep. just that intercept. You know, they hadn't even touched the ball yet, South Sydney, and he was just able to position himself in there, saw Johnny Bateman, thought this guy's going to try and flick one out the back and just got himself in the right place at the right time and was able to finish off that opportunity. And then on the, I think the other one was on the end of a, a nice kick from from Cody and then uh, his combination with Tass uh, for, that, for that second try. So... Um, doing some wonderful things and what an achievement. I think he's going to go on to break that record tone, wouldn't yep. you think? 212, is that, what, is that where Irvine Ken, is? Kenny Irvine, that's where he is. I think you're absolutely right. He's going to do yeah, it, which is, wow. will be a remarkable thing Incredible. to see that happen. It would be just absolutely wonderful. I listened to your call last night, enjoyed it very much, enjoyed the fact that you, you were loving your country and Western music because the game was in Tamworth. Yeah. Well, it was terrific. Yeah, Maroon wore one of those, you know, country and western shirts that had like the press buttons instead of the instead of the, the buttons studs. on the front there yeah, and the yeah. and the studs. That's what they are. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We had a bit of a chat about some of those um, country and western singers and some of our favourites. Yeah, great songs, yeah. great songs. I love you. Love my tractor more than you love me is one of my favourite country songs. Oh, is that, yeah, great song. Terrific. Yeah. If you don't, you haven't heard it, yeah. straight, straight from the heart of it. You're yeah. listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. When we come back, we'll preview a massive Super Saturday.
been listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler with you. Okay, before we turn our attention, Girds, to uh, this super Saturday in the footy that lays before yes. us today, uh, I, I neglected at the top to ask you what you made of the NRL, the players' latest move in their conflict with the NRL, this time yep. the decision to cover up the NRL logies on their, uh, lo- um, logos on the jerseys. With a bit Did of you call them logies? Logies. Logie, 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 Logie Bear? Well, yeah, well, the logies, the logies are on. I think it's this weekend. I think Sam Pang is oh, getting ready to host the, yeah. So once the again. The logies. Yeah, I've been ignored okay. yet again. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You're shocking. not going, Tone? When, no, didn't get a ticket to go. Didn't get a nomination. Oh, you're kidding. No. Yeah, what is oh, wrong with people? Joke. Oh, mate, they've just, that's why you just pay no attention to that thing. No, absolutely. Just, it it just, doesn't represent what really what people think. It doesn't. No. You're right. No. That's right. In, in some ways, I think it's corrupt. I, I think that, uh, I, I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, I, I think. think the, let it out, Tony. The, the fact that the back page has been going for 25 years. Yeah. 25 years, Ryan, yep. and, and I've been yep. hosting it for 13 years. And all yep. those 13 years, I've got not one nod. And it's never been better. No. It's never been it's, better. The show's never been better, that's right. Exactly. No, it hasn't. No. It's fantastic. The 12,000 people who are watching love it. They do. All right. <clears throat> that's a lot of people, Tone. <laughs> it is. I've got 12,000 people. I've got a lot of, I've got a large family. <laughs> <laughs> We can cut that out, can't we? The whole thing about it being corrupt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love podcasts. We've got to love a podcast. All right. Well, what did you make of the strapping yeah. over the top of the NRL uh, logo? Yeah, well, I think the, the players uh, have sort of moved it to the next stage. Seems to me like they're keen to get back to the table and get this thing resolved. So mm. hopefully the NRL at some point, um, you know, are, are going um, to respond and then, and we can get this whole thing Resolved, and we can all move forward. It, it'll be an interesting what, to see what the response is, though. Uh, covering, you know, you wonder about each time you wonder who the action affects. Now, it's interesting the NRL. Yeah. It's not just the NRL logo. That's a Telstra competition. That's a major sponsor. Yeah, uh, that is being covered over by the players, uh, and yeah. I wonder what response there will be to that. Um, yeah, in, in well, terms I'd, of breach it'd be great of contract, to get a response from the NRL tone. Have you heard a response from the NRL? I haven't heard anything. No. So they've gone underground. Well, I think they've gone I've overground. from the RLPA. I, th- I think they've gone overground. My understanding is that Pete Volandis and Andrew Abdo are both, as we speak, in transit to Singapore. What are they doing over there? I don't know. I'm um, okay. seeking counsel on how to deal with disruptive players, I, I, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. sure exactly what is going on, but mm. that would seem to tell us that the resolution isn't yeah. if, you know, 24, 48 hours away. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really unfortunate, Tone, because the message is pretty clear. Yeah. Well, you just hope that there could be some way of getting them in the same room. It doesn't seem to well, be happening all... at the moment. And, and you know, the, the, the idea of pushing forward from the players of perhaps yeah. disrupting starting times of games and all those sorts of things, will, yeah, which right. will again annoy broadcasters yeah. no end. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully those broadcasters are putting lots of pressure on the NRL for those guys not to be travelling over to Singapore, but actually trying to get into yep. a room with an industrial relations mediator, yeah, an independent guy that can look at all the information, because I've been through a case like this, Tone, with with one of my businesses and a landlord that I had that was awful. Mm. And it's not about, you know, one side saying, oh, you need to take this person out in negotiations. You can't control what happens on the other side. But what you can do, if you're upfront and honest and you're happy with your with your case, you can put all the details forward, let that industrial relations mediator have a look at your situation from an independent perspective, have a look at the other situation and then come up with some mediation. Yep. 
because that's what needs to happen here, Tony, because I feel like all of the weight and there's a lot of anger and angst that's sent towards Clint Newton and the Players Association, but I don't hear anyone talking about the NRL. And 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 I can't and no one can get any of the any reaction from the the NRL and I'm not sure why all of a sudden it's it's okay and there's a lot of people out there that feel um, like they've been personally attacked by this stance that the NRL uh, the RLPA are making. I'm not sure why they feel that way because for me it's just there's there's an issue it needs to be resolved. Yeah, let's keep. Well, let's you know, keep all... I mean, they have spoke, Peter Volandis, but he has basically said the the players are, are hijacking the whole situation rather than you know l- allowing for this deal that could be done within forty eight hours, according to Peter Volandis. But, but it can be done in forty eight hours if it's if it's the the resolution is the one that he wants. Yeah, no, it's look it, it, absolutely. Who, who yeah. knows? Who knows? We, as we said, sadly, we can't speak. It's to not going to happen while he's in Singapore. No, well, no, you can phone. Mm. Uh, all right, let's look at uh, what's happening today. The first game, Canberra and Newcastle. Should be a terrific game. Canberra yeah. obviously came back against the Warriors, didn't quite get the job done then. Uh, Newcastle coming off a good win. Yeah, two really gritty sides, Tony. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, this, calling this game at 3 o'clock and, and really excited to watch these two teams go at it. Really impressed with the way that they just hung in there, the Raiders. Really tough environment over there in Auckland. And they got out to a good lead, the Warriors. But And everyone, you know, you just wrote the Raiders off. Yeah. But they just hung in there, hung in there. They believed, they found a way. And, you know, um, winning becomes habitual in the end. And, and the, both of these sides at the moment are in the habit of winning. So and it's going to be a great contest. Really enjoyed what the Knights are doing at the moment. You know, the way that Phoenix Crossland has come in now and sort of really matured as a, as a dummy half and what that combination with Hastings and Gambles is like and what that does for Caelan Ponga, how it just releases him out the back. And, um, yeah, they're, they're a good footy side, the form of Bradman Bess and Gagai's back into the side now. So plenty to like about this contest, Tony, and looking forward to calling that one. Indeed. All right. Uh, do Manly get the job done uh, at Wynn Stadium against St. George Illawarra, of course, for uh, Daly Cherry Evans' 300th game? Well, they should win anyway, shouldn't they? I mean, yep. with their season sort of on the line, they're teetering there, aren't they? With a, I mean, as a club, they would believe that they're going to take one of those spots. And yeah, with the added um, incentive there or the um, added emotion of, of, of that big day for Daly Cherry Evans, obviously it's an important game because they didn't choose to wait until he got a home game. Yep. Um, yes. But <laughs> and celebrate with the fans. So no, he'll have to do true. his. his he'll do that on his 301st. <laughs> I thought about that. Why didn't yeah, they but, do that? Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the Seagulls, season on the line, big afternoon for him. What a, what a clubman he's been. Yep. Um, hopefully they can find a way for him, yeah. Okay, and the Panthers, uh, we mentioned Cronulla before, they really need to get back on the winner's list, but tough to do it out at Bluebet Stadium. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for the Sharks today, no. Tone. Um, yeah, because some really good news through the week. I think they've re-signed Liam Martin. I think they're close. Or I don't know whether the Dylan Edwards one's over the line. Um, so some positive news out there for the uh, the boys at the bottom of the mountain. And, yeah, look, won four out of their last five, and they're another side that are just lacing up the gloves nicely for September. Love it. All right. A uh, Super Saturday Bowl prediction. Mine is that uh, oh. Connor uh, Mulison making his debut for the Dragons off the bench will score a try. Uh, the, uh, the hooker for the New South Wales oh, Cup. Oh, that'd be doing great. 22 years old. This kid will come on. Uh, and for Jacob Little at some stage, and f- dot went over for four points. Well, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that Daly Cherry Evans today on his 300th game yes. scores 
Is he the goal kicker? No, he's not. Ruben Garrick is. Ruben Garrick, yeah. I'm going to say that he scores... Four points. One try. (laughs) Yeah. Has three try assists and kicks a field goal. Oh, that's very good. There you go. Write that down. I've written it down. Don't you worry about that. It'll come back Mm. to haunt you. Ryan Girdler, as ever, thank you so much. That is all for the uh, Saturday edition of Footy Talk podcast. On listener Jimmy Graham, Ben Dobbin, back with you tomorrow.